0: bottom of the smash mountain and today i am joined by the new challenges of webcams and video and as you can see it's not perfect but i'm so happy to be joined by the person to over nope this way hitbox cameron of the hitbox crew cameron how you doing today
1: i am i'm doing awesome you know we're uh, i'm in vegas and it's really really hot So that's been my life for the past uh, couple months. So that's, that's, that's basically it.
0: But if you're in, wait, hold on. If you're in Vegas, why are you, why are you talking to me? (laughs) What do you mean? Well, I mean, okay. So you're, you've been staying in Vegas for a few months. You're not just like out on the town, that kind of a thing at the moment.
1: I live in Vegas.
0: Oh my goodness. I've only been, I've only been one time. What's it like, you know, when there's not a party going on or is there always a party going on in Vegas? Um,
1: the the basics is any locals here tend to not go onto the strip um, unless friends or family are in town. Um, so there is always a party going on. There, This is a party town. Um, but it's, a, you know, it's very suburbia-like. It's very spread out. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's hot and weird. Everybody's inside all the time cause it's so hot here. So it's, you're either inside or you're out gambling or partying or whatever. Not, not it's, the party scene's not huge here. It, it depends on your crowd.
0: Right, sure. Okay, so aside from geographical questions and like what the normal life is for you, do you want to talk about your origin stories as it it pertains to Melee? Or you can just go back to gaming in general. What got you into gaming?
1: Wow, so uh, yeah. My first memories with gaming were the original Mario and Zelda on NES playing at my uh, uncle's great uncle's house and um very vivid stuff there uh, contra as well i played a lot of contra when i was a little that was like when i was four or five um but with melee melee was a uh, an amazing st- amazing series of events where i saw the commercial for it for the nintendo 64 one the one with the like the 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 you know their their They're punching each other in the physically punching each other in the commercial. It's like
0: Teletubbies except on like steroids.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "That's really cool." And it shows like Pikachu hitting Mario in a in a in a cut of the game. I was like, "That is the coolest thing I've ever seen." And it just happened. So just so happened to be my best friend at the time had a sixty four, and he had the game, and um, we were neighbors. And so I would try to every single day walk over to his place and play Super Smash Brothers. And so I had a I had a love for the game right away, and uh, I caught wind of Melee coming out, and so I started saving up for a GameCube and Melee. And um, it's been it's been a love affair, of affair since uh, since then. It's Melee ever since then
0: so i love that smash 64 is part of the origin story though because i still love playing it to this day have you seen the smash remix stuff where they added in characters and stages and that kind of stuff to that game
1: yeah i saw that they i believe they have ganondorf in there and falco Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the this whole like modding era right now going on with all the smash games is is super awesome and no it's I haven't got to play this, the Smash remix, but it looks super cool. New characters in Smash 64. I've always loved the, uh, just like the zero to deaths in that game. It's so much (laughs) more like traditional FGC style almost. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's brutal. It's a brutal game, and that's why I like it.
0: So, did your love of like tweaking and trying to change around things with Melee start from the very beginning or was it just, I love this game and I'm playing all the events and single player and playing with my friends. I want to be competitive. I want to get better at the game. Like you, you're, you're working for Hitbox now and we'll get there. But did, would you say that your love of alternative options with the game, it's not just pick up a controller and play. When would you say you went from kind of casual more into like, I'm getting deeper in now?
1: Um, so there's, there's two levels to that. There's two storylines to that. The, the first one is basically the story of, you know, how I really got into competitive melee, which was, I saw a Nintendo power when I was visiting my dad during the summer at a Walmart. And it had, I believe it had shadow the hedgehog on it, but it says super smash brothers on it. And I, I bought it and it had a, an article in there about the competitive melee scene. It had a reference to Ken as the king of Smash and a reference to 2005 MLG events. And it mentioned Smashboards. I believe it was Smash World Forums at the time. And so I created an account like that next spring or whatever. I didn't know how to use the internet. I I grew up in Idaho, so we didn't really, we didn't really (laughs) have internet. and and to sort of put a little time frame and age on this, I was, I think I was a sophomore that year, sophomore or freshman, I can't remember. Um, but it was 2006, I started my, that would have been my, geez, that would have been my junior year of uh, high school. Uh, I started my Smash World, World Forums account. Um, and from there I learned about, you know, YouTube was just becoming a thing so I w- would watch uh, Ken versus Azen stuff. And then I found the uh, Walk videos, the WAK
0: yes. uh, videos mm-hmm.
1: on how to play Melee. Um, and that was, that sort of line just got me to really, really enjoy um, Melee. And uh, my favorite player at the time was PC Chris. Because when I was, right when I was getting into it is when MLG 06 was happening. And PC Chris was on this on this rise. And so I learned, I was trying to learn all these techniques and that's really, it like expanded my mind a little bit. Um, sort of realizing you can do all this these cool things uh, in this game. And then the other side of it is Smash wasn't my first competitive game, uh, Halo was. And nice. I played competitive Halo 2 and Halo 3. Um, so with Halo 2, I sure idaho didn't have any internet really but i had a couple friends who had broadband and we would play online and we would do gamebittles.net we would have our we would do teams on there and uh the closest city we had was spokane washington and we would travel there for -for free-for-all tournaments with that um and then when halo 3 came along uh they had they didn't have button remapping per se but they had um sort of presets and I was the only person I knew at that time in you know my area my group of friends playing and everything that changed their button scheme oh, okay. um I was cuz typically you know when you're playing Halo on the Xbox controller you know you have to lift your thumb to jump and punch and I didn't like that but there was a preset called bumper jumper that I used where it would put the jump and melee attacks on your, your index fingers. And then you had grenade and uh, shoot with your middle fingers. And so that started a process for me, sort of figuring out ways to play better. And that, that comes to with like, I've, I played baseball my whole life up to that point too. So there was always sort of figuring out ways to improve your craft and, any sort of way possible and um yeah yeah i guess that's that answers i think that answers what you're asking
0: yeah it it's almost as if at the sort of like in the middle there towards the middle of when you're in school and you're just younger and you're learning how to do everything that you're already starting to do a little bit of experimentation because there's other people who are like me. I have yet to pick up a controller that has been modified at all, or a rectangle style controller, anything as Mm -hmm. of now, hoping to get one of them at some point, but, and, and try my hand at like, One of those controllers where like the everything's sort of like (laughs) the sticks are notched and everything like that so yeah but for now like i i haven't even gotten into any of that because i don't like play so seriously that i feel like i have to but it's cool to hear Mm -hmm. how you get to a certain point you're going i would just want to do this better there's got to be a better way to do this and part of getting better is you saying to yourself how can i change my controller scheme so yeah very cool to hear about that.
1: And, yeah, and and I can add to that too. Yeah, go ahead. Um, a little bit. Um, uh, later on in my melee career, if you want to call that, uh, <laughs> I started using um, claw grip, or I, I experimented with it, where my hmm. index finger was my face buttons, and I just kept my thumb on C-stick because I wanted to do instant up airs easier with Captain Falcon. Um. And before that, I, I used to do everything with my uh, my left index finger. So my teching, shielding, any of that was all my left index finger. And then I sat there one day. I was like, "That's can I spread out the work to make it more efficient? Because why am I thinking about that? I don't know. But um, So I started spreading the work with both of my trigger fingers. So I was naturally already naturally inclined to you know think of that process and i don't know like i said it could have been like the baseball stuff uh it could have been many things but i know i've i've had a tendency to do that like i said with halo it it started there but um yeah obviously i play on a smashbox now and uh i've always yeah i've always had that mind of how can i play efficiently i guess
0: so you probably didn't go straight from like finishing up high school to immediately getting a job at at Hitbox so what happened in that in that time frame and what was your relationship to melee and gaming like at that time
1: yeah so i graduated in 07 um which was a pretty pretty big year for melee um especially because everybody was, ex- was excited for brawl that was coming out the next year um, I didn't compete any, in any melee events, um, and, uh, before brawl. Um, the only melee event, cause I didn't, I didn't know how to use the internet. I only knew how to use Face uh, MySpace at that time and using a forums, I had no idea how to look for local events. And so I'm in North Idaho and the closest event I could find was Portland, which is like an eight or nine hour drive. And I remember asking my mom hey can i go to this event and she's like no you got baseball and i was like okay and like (laughs) didn't think about it um i find out later when brawl comes out that there was a local scene in spokane washington to me and that that was like a 30 minute drive so that was really really cool and so brawl came out super excited about that went to our uh, my first event with some friends and like the that Saturday, you know, not like a week, maybe of the game being out. Mm. And I, I was like easily the best player out of my group of friends. And I went, zero and (laughs) two, and I remember my best friend at the time. He's like, if you can't win, how are we supposed to win? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and what's great. What was great about that for me was like. I got addicted right away. It's like, I saw that there were other people better than me and I saw how fast they played. And right away I wanted to get good at the game. So, you know, being a 18, 19 year old kid, uh, trying to figure out how to get good at Smash Brothers in a town of 3000 people is really difficult. Um, So I did a lot of traveling Eventually, uh, as we know, you know, brawl started dying down a little bit. And there were a bunch of stubborn melee players in Washington still. And I would see melee at all the brawl events. And so what I started doing was I picked up melee again. And by the was it, end of 2009, I had just completely dropped brawl and was playing melee. And from there, I practiced quite a bit. Um, I was still like, I didn't know who I was going to main, but I played a lot of Falco. Um, and then at the, I'm getting all my years mixed up. Yeah. In 2010, I moved to Vegas because um, I did not like living in Idaho anymore. I felt stuck. Um, and my dad lives here and it was so it was an easy move to do, um, you know, pretty safe move. And I got here and there were a bunch of Melee players here. It was the only live, really alive, uh, Smash game at at that time. And uh, that, a lot of my friends to this day come from that first, um, you know, casual fest I went to. And um, in fact, one of my best friends that I met at that first uh, Smash Fest led me to this job that I have now. I'll get to that uh, later, but um, yeah. So, you know, got here in Vegas, got my butt kicked, and um, didn't really take the game too seriously. I was in Vegas, and it was a weird time. Um, Eventually, I hated it here, moved to Oregon, didn't make any friends, lived there for two and a half years, didn't really get any better at Melee, came back to Vegas, and really took it seriously for about six to nine months and i got this is at the this is the now at the peak of that like um uh post evo boom As this is 2014 2015 and it was like three or four ranking periods in a row i was top 12. i'd never really got into the top 10 rankings um and then eventually i got caught up with school and work and kind of just um stopped competing after that and on top of that uh i was helping run events and so that that made it difficult to focus on competing and in addition i have a, i have a broken wrist i broke my wrist my junior year of high school playing baseball and it didn't really bug me so much playing video games, um, until I took melee very seriously when I moved back to Vegas and was trying to get ranked to the point where I switched. Cause Captain Falcon's my main now. I switched from Captain Falcon to Jigglypuff because it would, it helped my hands and I, I didn't I... get any pain or anything. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, I think I, I I said a lot there. I think I answered your question, did I?
0: Yeah. And there's, well, there's a lot of history here. So I'm, I'm just like, it, it's taking a, an extra couple of minutes to go through my thick skull okay. that you've been around much longer than just a few years. And it's been a mm-hmm. little bit since I've spoken to somebody who was like, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I was kind of there when the game came out. So you've lived through... A lot of different like historical moments. So, like what kept you coming back? Would you see a top performance like Mango at Genesis 1 or or Evo 2013 kind of a thing? Would you be inspired by that? Or was it the community that that you wanted to be a part of continuously? What would keep you coming back to Melee, even despite all the things in your life where you're moving to Oregon and then you're moving back? That kind of stuff.
1: I just love the game, man. That is <laughs> That is as simple as it gets. Um, but be, uh, you know, beyond that, you know, the reason why I love the game is there's always something to work on. That's something I really liked in baseball, uh, in any sports really. But um, there is always something to hone day to day at baseball practice. You know, you can work on your fielding or your. And I, I was a pitcher too. Work on your pitching. Work on your hitting. Um, there's always something to work on. And with Melee, like still to this day, um, we've yet to find that ceiling, um, even at the top of the top. And I will never be able to play at that ceiling, but knowing, partly partly knowing that that ceiling is still so far away, uh, provides me hope in like every time I pick up the game, there's something more I can do with it. Um, so there's a lot of like a sort of, I guess, self-improvement aspect to Melee that it lends to itself. Um, that can go with a lot of competitive games, but Melee, I feel like it just, it speaks to me. Um, but honestly with Genesis one, I didn't even know it happened. That's Mm. how like, like, I was, that's, that's 2009. Yeah. 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 That, that summer. So. Because at the end of that year, I I got into Melee. Um, I knew that I had friends in Washington who went to that event, and they did pretty good. Um, But I didn't pay attention to it. And I didn't even pay attention to the brawl side of things. That was my main game at the time. And the only thing I knew of Mango was these really weird images of Jigglypuff, like, bleeding out of the eyes or something for Mango Juice. It was the Mango Juice. Uh, events in 2007 that's the only thing i knew about mango was that up to that point because i was like i didn't follow the competitive scene um like i did when i first really got into it like through youtube and stuff and mlg Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so that didn't that didn't really affect me at a certain point but it was genesis 2 i remember genesis 2 happening i was in vegas at the time and that solidified like i I remember thinking, I was like, I want to get good at this game. I want to, I want to see myself on that, on that, you know, that battlefield um, uh, and, and kicking ass, I guess. Um, And yeah. And you mentioned Evo 2013, like that was, um, I forgot, I think I put like $600 into that drive. Um, I was there watching the, uh, all the live streams happening when the, the spirit bomb was happening. Uh, I signed up as soon as I could. Um, I, <laughs> that whole that whole event was cool because I remember us, the melee players, being in that room and being louder than everybody the whole entire time. I think the only time we ever potentially got beat was the Marvel crowd during top eight on the last day. Um, but beyond that, we were louder than everybody. Um, yeah, I won't ever... I, and like, it's so vivid. I would. We were late. <laughs> I had first round pulls and it was eight a.m. I think it was eight a.m. pools. Oh my
0: year. gosh, eight a.m.
1: Yeah, no, it. Yeah. Even it, it, it was worse then. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was waiting in line forever. They were taking forever with you know getting people registered or whatever. And at a certain point they had um people go through the line saying if you have a ada and pool come come now like okay so you know i'm walking like two football fields length to the beginning of the the line to get registered and stuff and like the very uh shy and introverted person i am my guy's waiting for me at the setup and sam is claire from Mexico. I forgot his tag. I'm so sorry. Um, I sit down, he's like, do you need time to warm up? And I'm like, No, because I was, I was nervous. Oh, wow. and I should have I should have warmed up because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> game one was horrible. Game two, it was really, really close. Um, I should have warmed up, I would have done pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I will, I will always remember that and just the top eight at evo 2013 was just i there was nothing to that point in my life coming to gaming that beat that um but now like being at the evo finals the well, 2019 was pretty pretty cool um nothing's beaten that and melee wasn't there uh sadly was it
0: no it was not 2019, no, it wasn't. Was the first year they were like yeah we're saying, yeah you know salute yeah <laughs> yeah
1: but, uh, yeah, it was it, the love of the game, man. It, that, that's what it really is. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be that, you know, there's cool, cool things that happen, you know, events and stuff. And the cool people I've met that really just make sure it doesn't leave my life. I think that's what that does for me is making sure it doesn't leave my life. But I'll, I always go back to it
0: one way or another and it is interesting once you have enough people who are friends you're friends with that are part of melee as well and everybody just kind of takes turns dragging each other back in a little bit does it feel like that sometimes (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah i remember trying to get all the old school vegas players to to join in on the that that big wave after the that first evo and none of them wanted to, but then they saw how many people were showing up and how much money was involved. And it's like, all right, yeah, come back in, man. <laughs> it's super cool. And and
0: part of that was the documentary. So you're watching that probably around the time that it comes out and they're doing the spirit bomb stuff in the last episode and the kind of like a, a recap of Vivo 2013 and you're just going, I was there. I was part of history. Yeah. Like, was that like, yeah. you know, you felt proud watching that I'm sure.
1: Absolutely, because I remember, I remember the CRT scare um, that happened the day before Evo. They didn't have any CRTs. Um, Wait,
0: they were going to put it on HDTVs or monitors?
1: They, they, they didn't. They just didn't. They just didn't have enough CRTs to run melee. They oh had. They God. were going to run it on CRTs. Yeah. So there was like, I wasn't able to be a part of this, but a lot of people from Vegas and a lot of people who came into Vegas for Evo had CRTs with them and that helped with it nice um and be part of the 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 cancellation scare with Nintendo I remember that I remember uh posting as much on social media and stuff about that stuff uh yeah man and I I remember uh uh, uh cuz Armada went to that event but he only went because he only went if Android would be able to go too. And so that was that whole donation drive for them. And I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but this is like so so vivid. It's like, I remember Android being really um, down on himself, like off to the side, um, because he didn't do as well as he wanted with the event. And he felt Mm. that he let people down who donated. I remember just like telling him, like, hey, you did an awesome job. And I guarantee you everybody you now everybody knows you and knows you're a good player now because of this so think of that
0: i I like to picture all of the all of the like armada android and the rest of the the, all the all the brothers that they're just extremely competitive it seems to be that way anyway
1: yeah yeah they yeah i think i've met any android and uh armada yeah they're nicest guys too so Mm -hmm. yeah super competitive
0: that's super cool so you just have so many, like, fond memories of that event, and it's probably hard to top it, but you said there have been some other events that you remember really well. So through the through the boom, through the dockheads Kids all coming in, when Melee was sort of peaking to around 2016, 2017, like, where are you at that time?
1: 2016, 2017, um, I am entering one of the not best parts of my life. (laughs) Um, Basically in 2016, I worked myself uh, too hard. I burnt out um, because I was working full-time. I was going to school full-time and I was uh, community managing for the Vegas Smash community and I was running events. And it was just too much for me. Um, So I was getting really just, just down on everything regarding that. Um, And then I, it was my mom's 50th birthday that year. And that summer, and I had asked time off from work. And like two months ahead of time, and then basically two weeks ahead of two weeks before I was going to leave, my boss told me I couldn't go. um, Because I, I was in Vegas, and my mom is in Northern Idaho, so I have to take a trip for that. Um, and basically, what I did is like, okay, well, I'm gonna quit, and that sort of started this like spiral down and uh, try to keep it as short as possible. But you know, trying to make pay bills, do Uber and Lyft. Um, I eventually start working at Amazon and yes, it is basically as bad as people say on the internet, working at Amazon. It was Um, so
0: sure it was bad then. I can't imagine even now what it must be like. Everybody just gets more and more stuff shipped to them instead of whatever.
1: Yeah, I I feel bad for anybody working for Amazon right now or in 2020 at all. Um, And I had some health issues, had to go to the ER, But eventually I got a job in the uh, spring of 2017 and really started my up and up. Um, So going into 2017 as well, I was trying to find ways to make money (laughs) and what I was, or at least do something because I was not in a positive mindset. And I was already friends with uh, Dustin and Sean from Hitbox I had met Dustin at a melee event in 2015 or 2016 and we had hung out quite a few times and um, I had my wrist problem and so I had tried out Smashbox quite a bit before then and um, in 2016 I got a I got my Smashbox to you know do things on and uh, going into 2017 I was providing input on it and everything and I was I was offering myself to them. It's like, if you guys need any help with Smash stuff, um, you know, I know a lot of people. I have experience running events, all this stuff. Just let me know. So it's like planting my seeds with Hitbox back then. Um, And yeah, you know, there's a bunch of stuff happened at the beginning of 2017 dealing with Hitbox that, you know, we could go into if we want to. Um, But yeah, I was kind of distant from the community at that time. Um, but I was practicing on Smashbox whenever I had the free time. And that was kind of rare because I was working 10 or 12 hour shifts that hit uh, at, uh, at um, Amazon. And then I had part-time school that I was trying to do at, at the same time. And that's like six or seven days a week at Amazon too. So yeah, that's what I was doing. Depressing.
0: <laughs> but there's, like, there's seasons of life that are like that, right? So obviously, it's a time that you can look back on now and be like, oh, I'm glad that's over. Do you feel like yeah. do you feel like there was anything in your in your like leading up to that point that you kind of looked back on during that time? Or were you the kind of person that was just looking ahead and saying, it's not going to be like this forever? There's something good coming around the corner. Like, what gets you through those kind of times when things are really rough?
1: That's a that's a really good question. Um I'm not a I don't, I'm not a look backer. I don't, um, mm-hmm. um, go to my memories or, uh, the past very much, um, which I have a bad memory, so that might help it, or that might be the reason why. Yeah. I'm um,
0: not sure which.
1: Yeah. So I don't know which, which leads to what. So I, I'm more of a, um, uh, a future seer. I, I see, okay, this is what, this is what I need to do to get through this and just the act of um and this is kind of a this is kind of a native neg- negative aspect of my personality is even the act of thinking through the process of what it would what, what I would have to do to get better makes me feel better mm. um so what that leads to is a lot of procrastination <laughs> if I'm going to be uh, completely honest. Yeah, no, I feel
0: that. I feel if, that. If, yeah.
1: If I, yeah, if I can think through it, it's like, okay, it's, it's been done then. Like my mind feels like it's been done. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's what I, would, I had to do. I had to do a lot of, okay, the here, you know, steps one, two, three. Okay, I need to focus on these three things only. Um, and then I can get through, you know, this month. And then, or, you know, whatever it is, or like, okay, I need to really work on my resumes because I need a new job. This is the one thing I'm gonna focus on. And it's actually helped me out quite a bit is like, I've learned to sort of um, partly due to that time period, but over, over time in general, like, you know, learning to sort of bucket the things I need to get done in order to move forward um, helps me out a lot. I'm a, yeah, I'm a very like, I got to think through stuff and I got to do stuff. And that's how I, how I feel good about myself in general. Um, I'm one of those people that can be a workaholic and it's, it can be very dangerous. Um, yeah, uh, I have, I have to like basically turn off my notifications on my phone whenever I get home from work. Um, and I don't check my phone for any social media stuff on weekends. Um, just to simply keep keep myself away from anything that would make me work anymore. Because I've i already done it with Hitbox before. I've spent way too much time doing things that don't need so much focus on, um, like especially during the beginning of quarantine, at the beginning of the pandemic. I was, I mean, I I got, I believe I got COVID at the beginning. And so that was a really mm-hmm. bad week. Um, but after that, the two weeks or so, like, Yeah, two and a half weeks I spent just alone. Um, I got so much work done. Was it really important work? Not really, but.
0: (laughs) Clutter stuff, right? Like stuff that I would always say, I mean, when I have time, but who has time when you're working 12 hours a day and almost seven days a week consistently? I very much understand that. And <laughs> Ult, when Ultimate came out, it was 2018, right? That was December 2018. So I don't know what I got mm-hmm. immediately afterwards. I don't think it was COVID; that wasn't a thing yet. But I had this really bad stomach bug, and I think it was the combination of how hard I'd been pushing myself at my job that I had at the time. That after the stomach bug went through me, it took me almost a month to go back to work because I was so exhausted. Like I would try. Wow once a week to go in and I would walk around in the warehouse for a little bit and go, ah, I feel like I'm going to fall down. So like, then I would go home and I'd be like, I don't know if they were, they were nice about it, but just like I ended up looking back on it even now and going, I was just, Burnt out. That's what it was. It wasn't necessarily something that was wrong with me per se, other than my unwillingness to rest more, to try to take care of myself more. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just work my way out of it. And that was a, that was a bad spot to be in. But you go through these experiences, and you learn things about yourself, right? And kind yeah. of type back into melee. It's sort of like, even in, even in something as trivial as melee to most people. There are things that you learn in the game or apart from the game, but then they they do intersect. It's something that melee players just understand. It's it's really, really cool how that does happen, not necessarily on a one to one level, but just like when you learn lessons in life, you can translate that to the game and vice
1: versa sometimes. Yeah. No, and it's it's there there's some one to ones for me. Well, as close as you can get. Right. Like yeah. learning to learn is one yeah. of the things I've gotten from Melee. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a lucky, I'm a lucky guy. Um, I think I have a pretty good head on my shoulders and I had a pretty stable life where I didn't have to really focus on homework or studying growing up. Um, and I kind of just like went through school and didn't think about it. But when it came to, uh, competing in melee. I couldn't do that. I couldn't just go in and play and expect to be better or expect to be better than the person I was playing. And so I had to learn how to study, uh, with melee. I had to learn to like, look at my mistakes, even though it hurts really bad to watch matches where you lose.
0: Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I finally like started like taking real notes, uh, outlining and everything and really try to parse everything out. Um, and that's what, that's one of the things I've learned, um, from Melee is that I really like, um, sort of the coaching, training, teaching aspect of, um, competition, um, sort of not necessarily empowering myself because that kind of, it feels cool, but being able to empower others to become better, um, just is... Feels really good to me.
0: So, I mean, this is, uh, this is great. I really appreciate you being willing to talk about, I mean, it's not necessarily like the deep down kind of sad stuff, but just sort of like how you've been able to look back and see that all the progress you've made, even if it hurt to go through some of those stages of life. But I'm interested in hearing, uh, you know, not to draw too much away from you yourself, but also your story as it pertains mm-hmm. to Hitbox. I want to make sure that we have time to get to that because we've been going for almost 40 minutes. And oh, want wow. Sure get to... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I want to make sure that you have a chance to talk a little bit about your experiences there. And I have some questions about it, but I'd just love to hear how you were talking about knowing a few people from Hitbox already. You'd been playing on the Smashbox because of your wrist. And at what point do you go... I just want to work for Hitbox now.
1: <sighs> I don't think I really. It, it didn't happen until basically it happened, um, mm. because what? Because I liked I liked the controller. I liked the Smashbox. It allowed me to play. For hours on end, for the first time in years. You know, at that point, I was, it was 20 minutes before my uh, wrist would start hurting um, with a GameCube controller. So, yeah, you know, going through 2017, obviously, I get a lot of experience on the Smashbox. I help out with some events, but I kind of like, I don't run any more events at that point. Um, and, I think it was. Ah, oh man, there's so many, so time, man. Uh, I I went to um, Dustin. He's one of the co-owners of Hitbox. I went to his thirtieth birthday, and that was a really, really fun event. And I got to like really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to got to really interact with um, the brothers Dustin and Sean. And sort of the community of people in the FGC here in Vegas, um, and sort of like vibe with them basically. And you know that that was, you know, that was a wild party. I didn't I didn't drink at the time. I was uh, abstinent on alcohol for about a year and three months, Um, and that was during that period. But there was a drunk person there and I like, they were not being nice. And eventually it was leading to physical altercation. And so I stepped in and I like threw them down on the ground and held them down there. Um, and I'll always remember their comment. It was like, I didn't realize you were so strong. And I was like, I carry CRTs every weekend. Of course I'm strong. Um, <laughs> cause I was, I was a smash guy of the group. I was, you know, I was the melee guy. So, um, I, I owned that part but some uh, that I think what I, what I, when I did that um like it, I guess I gained a lot of respect from the people at that event and I don't know I'm not make, like I'm just saying you know the potential connections here but they saw that I'm that type my of person man
0: Cameron you have to throw somebody <laughs> down to get respect in this place I mean come on yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unbelievable
1: Exactly exactly um but the it, it clicked there, I think, because Sean and Dustin started talking to me a lot more after that event. Um, and especially because they were developing this, the Smashbox at that time, and they were going to do the Kickstarter soon. And, yeah, so, you know, going to 2017, I'm playing on it a lot. Talking to the, the Huffer brothers a lot more, Dustin and Sean Huffer. Um, and it just gets to the point where they realize that I am somebody that can help them out. I do know a lot about Smashbox and I know a lot about Smash. And I have a lot of friends in the community, or a lot of people I know too, just in general. Right. And so they invite they invite me to do uh, to help with the booth at Evo 2018. And this is the first booth that they did ever, or first official booth. And there were a couple hit boxes, and there's a smash box. And I was there. Um, th- I was only told to do four total hours over the weekend, two on Friday, two on Saturday. But I think I was there for like sixteen. Um, so that was the clicking point. That's the clicking point we're talking about. Is I realized that I liked the idea so much of the controller, and I liked teaching people about it, and you know, talking to people about what it means to change controllers, what it means to like look at the game in a new way, a uh, bunch of stuff. I realized I, and it must've really shown through because like I said, that's when it clicked for me. I was like, okay, I can do this. This is something I would want to do. Two weeks later, they they give me a call like, hey, you want to go out for um, brunch tomorrow? We have something we want to talk to you about. It's like, yeah, of course. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, they're going to hire me or whatever. And they did. They were like, at, you know, at this time I think Gravy was just about to announce he was retiring, so they needed somebody on the Smashbox side, anyways. And they knew I knew a bunch of tournament organizers and a bunch of people, so I potentially had contacts that help them with like sponsoring events and stuff, um, and just help with like general Smash community stuff. Um, and yeah, they they added me on as part-time to sort of help with general Smashbox, Smash community stuff. And I've grown into a lot more than that now. You know, my, my technical title is community manager, but you know, we're, we're still a small company and we're, we do a lot. We have three controllers and I do FGC and smash stuff. I, I tap into a lot of different communities. Um, I'm all over the place and yeah.
0: Why does it feel like hitbox sponsors every big event?
1: <laughs> because we want to. That we do. Like we, we try go. to. Um, um that's that's been the thing for hitbox for a long time. And I've I've told this story many times and I love telling it because it really shows what the type of people Dustin and Sean are. Um back in back before the hitbox, the original hitbox was a thing. They hosted events in their garage every Tuesday night. No, every Wednesday night. And it got to the point where like 80 people were in their garage every Wednesday playing fighting <laughs> games. Yeah. That's probably not a like, big garage. <laughs> no, it is not. It's like, it's te- it's technically a two car garage, but it's one of those two and a half or one and a halves, And there's a bunch of stuff around for storage. 80 people and they were they were running some like high level streams they had um uh they had hand cams on they had hand cams on stream in 2010
0: that's cool that's cool
1: um they were using uh they had this uh mad cats controller connected to the pc and that's how they would control their stream so you know how like streamers nowadays have like their stream decks to press the buttons they're using a mad cats controller.
0: I mean, this, so. is very, this is all very new to me, to be honest with you still. So it's, <laughs> I'll pick up on it at some point. You mean where like you hit a button and somebody goes, oh yeah.
1: That's one thing you could do, yeah. Like it's, it's just it's just a bunch of hotkeys that can set anything off. Like they had, a, I think they had a replay function going on. They were doing crazy things in 2010. That's so cool. But the beauty of it all is it was free. And that was the whole intention behind it was to get the community together because Vegas didn't really have anything at that time anymore. Um, Which is weird because EVO is in Vegas and it's the biggest fighting game event in the world. And yet the Vegas community is just nothing. Um, I don't want to say nothing. There were obviously plenty of good players at that that point. I know there were still people, but still players, but that's where it's all rooted from is that stuff that they were doing just for fun back then they just happened to stumble on the fact that they wanted to make a controller during that time Mm. um so we fast forward to why does hitbox sponsor all these events all the major events and it's because the whole point of all of it is to ensure that the community stays alive um, and the same way that they did with the FGC back in the day with the Wednesday night stuff is they want, I say, they I'm now part of them. We, uh, want to ensure that things aren't always in the red as best of our, to the best of our ability. Cause they know how much it takes to run a stream, to run events. Um, The amount of people I've talked to, I've ran events myself, completely volunteer, it sucks. Um, And I cannot even imagine all of the work that goes into something like the Big House or Genesis. And so, you know, obviously there's, there's incentives on our end to advertise, right? Like we can't, like, obviously there's that too, but it's making sure that Genesis isn't running so bad in the red that next year they can't do it because genesis is amazing and it should always keep going same with big house same with uh combo breaker evo you know stuff like that all these major events um and as, and in our opinion especially something like beyond the summit you know smash summit um we just
0: what how, a grand finale right <laughs> happen?
1: yeah dude oh my gosh they're they were both so nervous too. You can tell, but yeah, that great great grand finals. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so happy that's what we got in the first uh, in person event for Melee, uh, major event.
0: Yep, Brandon awesome. shouting out hitbox on the stream. That was so cool.
1: And you know, and I I love Brandon. Uh, we my last event actually I ran officially in vegas was in 2017 uh and we flew in brandon um as our as a player to sort of like see if we can beat him because he was like at the lower end of top 100 and we're like okay i know we have top 100 players here let's see if we can beat brandon and ever since then it's like him and i have had a uh, a good relationship he's helped me he's helped talk to some people for me We've sponsored a few um, rollback rumbles uh, and yeah, I believe he even has a hitbox and a smash box. I don't know for sure, but yeah, he he's, he's the homie. He he's always there to support us.
0: That's super cool. So moving forward into this regathering of everyone for IRL. Where do you see yourself and where does Hitbox see itself? So I'll I'll let you speak for yourself and then sort of like what you're expecting as the community leadership manager uh, person. Sorry, I forgot Yeah. <laughs> community
1: manager, but yeah, no, this is the community <laughs> yeah, leader management guy. Um so what what I'm currently working right on right now, and this is one of my personal goals. Mm -hmm. luckily i'm able to do it through hitbox is uh sort of building up the local scene again here um in the sort of same vein as they did back in the day but i wanted to focus on smash and fgc so uh last month what what day was that 24th i believe um july 24th we had a fgc event we had uh Uniclear, uh, Blaze Blue, Tag, uh, Guilty Gear Strive, Dragon Ball Fighters, and Street Fighter, and uh, I call it Singularity because I'm trying to bring the whole community back together, and and staying in the same, you know, being in the same place and working together. Um, and in the same vein, like previously, it's free, in the as free as we can make it for right now, but there's no venue fee. The goal is to have no venue fee and provide as many setups as possible while also running brackets. So people can just show up and play. And we wanna run it monthly and we wanna run it on Saturdays. So more people can show up, especially younger people. Cause that's a key, that's a key demographic that um, Melee specifically hit really, really well in 2014 and 2015 with the, um, the college crew battles um, that Matt dodd sort of really spearheaded. And mm. um, in, in fact, I did the same thing in, in Vegas for melee. I did high school crew battles and that was, yeah, 2015. And we still, we have top player, you know, top players here in Vegas that came from those events that came from high school from those events. Oh, so really I've cool. seen what, I've seen what it looks like on the mass scale and the local scale bringing in younger players. And so the goal is, you know, free venue, you know, lower the barrier of entry um, for everybody um, as many setups as possible. So people can play casuals and friendlies as much as they want and eventually set up a sort of high school circuit or whatever to, for some specific games and the top ranked players of those games in the high school get free entry total like it's completely free for them to enter the the monthly events we do and i want to do that for smash and fgc here um because i just want i just want to see i want the games to continue to live you know especially melee Me- melee that's that's uh, that that will always be my game um and hopefully you know being community manager that, that includes, you know, that includes specific games that includes the lo- the local community we have, but that also includes everybody who has any of our products. And that's kind of a, I believe I kind of have like a unique position compared to a lot of, uh, community managers. I know, I, th- I think I, I don't want to speak too much on that, but cause I have to, I have to balance three different products and demographics from smash and you know fighting games and that's one aspect of it but then i have the local community that i deal with and then i also try to deal with specific games you know th- there's a lot going on so when it comes to feature stuff with hitbox it's it's all over the place you know there, there's a lot i can i can go into but Really that idea that we're doing here in Vegas is what I wanna try to apply that to other communities and especially communities where we know we have a bunch of hitbox players or we have a lot of friends that we wanna sort of, you know, copy paste that to other uh, communities. And, uh, you know, one of our goals is we want, we want, you know, I'm sure you're aware of Wednesday Night Fights in um, SoCal, the big FGC event
0: Actually, I'm um, not. I'm East Coast, so this is that's all new to me. Okay.
1: Uh, Wednesday Night Fights was like the only weekly anybody ever watched on stream. Um, <laughs> it went. It, it's it's gigantic because it's in it's in SoCal, it's in LA, and mm-hmm. so everybody who's anybody would show up to that. You have um, commentators like Say Jam. That's where they really hone their craft. Um, oh, okay. you Even you even have. Um, Vegas players—that's where they would go. They would go to Wednesday night fights to show how good they were. We basically want to try to be the Wednesday night fights. Period. You know um, what it used to be at least. Um, obviously, they Wednesday night fights has something to say about that too because they're—it's not like their brand has disappeared or anything. But things are looking things are different now. Um, going into the potentially post-COVID era. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot up in the air. And I think, you know, good, good net code for some games will change how everybody approaches things. Um, I think everybody being in quarantine and being online so much and really hopping into discords um, really is going to change how a lot of groups do things. So um, I guess what I'm speaking to is there's a lot of, Potential for growth and creativity right now within the Smash and fighting game communities. And it's really difficult to tell where that's going to go. Um, but there's going to be some genius ideas out there and they're going to just spread. And I think it's going to be very healthy for both communities.
0: And that's something that I really appreciate you trying to do is like approach it from not just a let's help out melee thing, which I'm emotionally. <laughs> interested in happening and popping <laughs> off but yeah really there has to be a certain amount of teamwork for fighting game community as a whole that if one group is doing well in particular that ultimately it's like the the water rises for everybody else i don't yep. you get it but like that is really cool to hear about And like i just don't have the bandwidth to care at all about any other fighting game other than well, and some people don't even call Melee a fighting game, but the whole idea is that I just do not care. So I'm so happy that you do. And yes, Hitbox has a unique opportunity of saying we're, we don't make controllers just for the traditional fighting games. We don't make controllers just for Melee players. We make controllers for just about any, any, any game that you want to have excellent control in. Hey, we're there. We're on the platform. So you have yeah. that, that special ability to be able to do that and wanting to grow the community that ultimately helps out everyone including hitbox so that's really really cool to hear. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the 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 long of it is the longer and stronger the community is that we're selling controllers to the longer and stronger we're going to last, right? Mm-hmm. um if there's no if there's no fighting game communities if there's no melee community specifically too, like talking about smashbox there there's no smashbox right there if that community just disappears there's there's no point in innovating controllers for a game that doesn't exist right and like like you said um, um how I, I i think of it in ecosystems where you know not uh a lot of ecosystems in real life have to take energy from other ecosystems um and we've i've seen i've seen it three times now with melee i saw it when brawl came out and all the people going from brawl into melee i saw it when smash 4 came out and everybody going from smash 4 into melee and i've i'm starting to see it with ultimate people starting with ultimate and going into melee
0: yeah
1: and that's the whole that's kind of the point that's part of the point of the events i'm trying to run here in vegas is getting everybody to work together because you never know when you're going to have the next blow up or you don't know who in your community would want to play a different game and i i think that's a, a fairly unique perspective because i think there's a lot of people like you that like have their one game and that's all they care about right and there's nothing wrong with that because quite honestly that's who i was forever i didn't care about anything else but smash brothers and i just moved on to the next smash brothers um and in fact i think we need more people like that than people like me because you need people focused on the game so much that the game grows and the content and the community around it grows um so it's a lot of times, it's difficult to uh, convince people emotionally, like you're saying, you have an emotional connection to melee, to mm-hmm. convince people emotionally that it's good to have an event alongside Ultimate or whatever game it is. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's that's it.
0: <laughs> and so before we get closed up and finished all up here, cause we've been at this for about an hour now. Don't wanna take up too much more of your time. Just wanna give you the opportunity to offer any other closing thoughts that you have and also to tell the people where they can find you, where they can find the Smashbox, all that kind of good stuff.
1: Be kind. That's what I got to say to people. That's my closing thoughts. Be kind to people. Um, get Stay off of social media. Mm. Uh, oh that's go a... go take go go yeah no it is it is um but do touch grass go take right? a walk
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah do actually touch grass go actually touch grass um get you know get out of your home apartment if you can and i don't know contact somebody you love and say you love them because that's that's super important you know we not to bring this down or anything, but a lot of people lost people in the past year and a half. Um, Mm. I lost people in the past year and a half. And it's very, it's nice to feel, it's nice to know that the last thing that you said to that person was, I love you. And you can, you can always have that. It will, it would always, it will always feel bad, but you can always say that I said, I love you. And I know it's like completely off topic from everything else, but that's the kind of person I am. I'm, you know, very emotional, very uh, empathetic sort of person. Um, but yeah, be kind, be compassionate, everybody. Um, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at Hitbox Cameron. Um, that's really my only front facing thing on the Internet because I don't like being on social media so much.
0: And you can find the Smashbox at...
1: Hitboxarcade.com. Yes. Let's go. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Well, one more time. Thank you so much for joining me here on Bottom of Smash Mountain, Cameron. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me, man. This was awesome.